0: Well, good morning and welcome back to the Bread Truck Monday podcast. We are glad to be with you. And this, if you haven't listened in before, this is a podcast where we take some time every single week to decompress from Sunday morning and uh, talk about things of, of life and ministry and what it means to kind of be a, a pastor in this ever changing and crazy world that we are in. Um, but we are glad to, to get a chance to share this with you every single week. Um, we hear such positive uh, uh, things from it. A lot of times it's like Isaac doing something crazy or something that is that just. never happens. <laughs> something, some sort of flat. That has taken place, and, and so we.
1: Um, but but we, we usually,
0: yeah, we usually strive. to... I think
1: it took about thirty seconds to start talking about that <laughs> subject. That's not good. I, I mean, know. But you, say we, I'm saying I'm I just, want to tell our listening audience right now that if oh, this is an go. indication of the direction of this podcast today, you just might want to shut it off. Here we go.
0: We, I just want to know, let them know what they're getting into. You know, you want to make sure that you know, like they always have like those uh, quick recaps right at the very beginning of an episode. You know, like here's what's coming up. This is what they're they're, they're getting into. They're diving in. Head first. This is uh, why
2: people keep listening to
1: exactly. this. It's hilarious. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, we're, so we, what we do every single week is we get a chance to kind of talk through uh, what has happened on Sunday morning, get a chance to share about what has happened in the sermon. And we're, we're back into our our, uh, our old sermon series, basically. So we did took a little break for, for Easter time, and we are back inside of our, our Follow Jesus series. And we'll get to that here in a minute. I'm going to start with my weekend. I, I, I took up my, some time took my family over to Portland. My dad turned sixty the, uh, tomorrow is actually his birthday, but we really? we celebrated this weekend, and uh, which is kind of funny. People always say that like your dad's only sixty years old. I was like, yeah, they had kids, you know, kind of young, and I had my kids kind of young too as well. All for the purpose of when I turn like forty, they're out of the house. <laughs> like that, that's that's the whole idea. Um, and we're just coming up, not to I, guess, I had mine
1: far. fairly young, and I'm forty five, and they're still in the house. So well, they're coming back
0: into your house, yeah, well, now. probably. Yeah. <laughs> Um, But yes, we went over there, uh, celebrated him, and uh, my my dad has uh, given up sweets completely. So uh, he's no no more sugars and all that kind of thing. So I was showing Isaac. His birthday cake was a, a box of cashews. With sixty candles on top of the ca- of the cashews, <laughs> and then two pepperoni sticks. So, um, so but that was kind of the way that we celebrated uh, him there. Um, but it was good. All, all in all, good time. It was actually like the two uh, sort of sunny days in uh, Portland that nice. Portland would ever have. So nobody got shot. It was a good weekend. No, no good. one got shot, and, and we didn't have to go. We didn't have to go downtown at all, which is really good. Actually, we did get shot. So we had to get okay. We had to get typhoid typhoid, oh. typhoid shots just
2: to uh, they, go to Portland.
0: <laughs> exactly. tetanus. not tetanus and uh, hepatitis and uh, all, all the itises uh, no for our, our sabbatical for our trip we had to got walk it. down the street and got a disease yeah we had to get our typhoid shots which actually hurt a lot more really than i remember because i've gotten that one before but my arm was like dead by the yeah. end, of, end of the day and everything and stuff so it's a heck of a
2: needle on some of those foreign
0: shots you got to get yeah well, you know, you go to those places, it's like the travel clinic, and they kind of talk you through, they're like, all right, you could get this, you could get that, there's, you know, uh, you know, virus that is happening here, and, and all they're trying to do, honestly, is just upsell you oh, yeah. on all the different things you can get, yeah. like yellow fever, you gotta watch out for yellow fever. I'm like, it's in, like, Zambia, that's, like, the only place that, like, yellow fever exists. <laughs> Pfizer's bottom line. Yeah, just... yeah, raising up when it comes to that and stuff, so, yeah, so we got, the, we got our shots, we're good that way, we didn't have to get malaria, which is always a good thing cuz if you take the malaria pill have you ever done that one uh-huh. if you take the malaria pill you get like hallucinations at night and all this oh, kind of fine. stuff yeah it's yeah. serious like it's awesome. your dreams are like wacky um there's different versions of the malaria and cuz malaria changes you know, with the the different places that you're at in the world and all that kind of thing and stuff. So, yeah. So we got we got that that all done and then said went to some nieces uh, soccer games and volleyball games. It was it was all in all a good weekend and stuff. So yeah. made our way back here and had had kind of some throwback Sunday. Um yep. had, had Bill there on the on the oh, electric. Was cool. uh-huh. He was, was he was it. crushing it, doing some shredding on that electric, and then uh, uh, good old Frank just rocking the bass there. So
1: eighty something years old.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the, we had a wide swath of ages on the hey, stage. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Izzy playing the drums, which is our young, youngest uh-huh. uh, musician we have, all the way up to Frank, who's 99 years old. <laughs> 99. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take a year. Give or take a year. Give or take 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> but all in all, good, good
1: week. And what about you, Ben? Good. Yeah, it was a good week. We, um, Boy, uh, Friday was a blur um, of flurry of hurry and busyness. And then we went to dinner with some friends. That was cool. And then uh tried a Chinese place in Ben, Chinese sushi place. And it was Which one? It's spelled C H I. I don't know if that's like yeah, a Chi. Chi? Yeah. Okay. That place is good. All right. Cause it's spelled the same as the Greek letter Chi. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. uh, So that used to be,
0: so journey church that's in Bend, Uh they had that building. And like, it was, it was hilarious. If you ever got a chance to go to this, you should, you should have what it was. It was journey church had like a, um, I don't know. It's like a warehouse building. Mm -hmm. And in the lobby of the warehouse building was Chi. So you'd be like in the lobby, getting ready to go to church. And they'd be like making sushi rolls like six feet. (laughs) I'm I'm not joking. It was that close. They were right there, but I guess the the there were some difficulties there, in being that. You might know there was a also more.
2: a strip club in the basement for a while. Well, they No were way! Upstairs, yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> it was incredible. Like the fact that a church was meeting in that kind of a crazy location and growing so fast, it was it was wild. But it was <laughs> wow. a bit of a con- yeah. Confused environment. <laughs>
1: confused. It was <laughs> definitely confused if that go was, to the was strip like a, club. Get some sushi and then go to church.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's a, All in a day's I mean, work. That's a bit of the growth reasoning right there, probably.
0: <laughs> well, I guess you need to be among the people, right? I guess uh, all things to all men. Um, but they've moved now. So then, obviously, Journey bought that, or I guess is leasing that other place there over by Goodwill, and then she is now moved over Got into what used to be the that fish. What's that fish house? McGrath's. McGrath's. Or. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah.
1: No, it was really good. Yeah. Really good. They they do sushi or they have a whole sushi menu or you can do Chinese food, like any kind of Chinese food. And it's, it's very good. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. That's why um, I, I usually go there for my birthday. That's one of my like that's your, one of your birthday stop offs. Cause you said you can get everything basically. Yeah. You can get the Chinese food side of it or you can actually get the sushi side of it. Yeah. I've get... never
1: seen that. I've never seen, uh, sushi bars are usually just sushi. Yeah. And this, it was kind of cool though. Cause the Chinese food was actually really good too. So yeah. They right. have weird hours though. They like open at like four and then they like,
0: I, it's always kind of strange. Mm-hmm. They, have, they have weird times when they're closed, but, but it's, it's a good, a good place yeah. I, I, in terms of, you know, when it comes to Central Oregon, there's not a, obviously a ton of food in there. Really? It
1: was a Friday night too, but it was, it was super busy in there. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, cool.
0: Well, hey, so when it comes yeah. to the sermon this week, I wrote something down. And uh, I don't know if it's profound. So you, you have to tell me if it's profound. It's probably not. It's not profound at all. Uh, but, but, but I was thinking about this. Sometimes God uh, works in beauty, and sometimes God works in bloated pigs. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about I that, like Isaac? It. I, 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 like I don't know. Because I, I was thinking about how our world is always so determined on beauty. Hmm. Like you think about Instagram filters on their on your phone, you're striving to to show all the best things that you can and take it, away your bloat. Yeah, take take away your bloat. Yeah. yeah. Oh man, yeah. There, there, that, that's a
2: sermon title there right go. there. That'll preach.
0: That'll preach right that there. That dog will hunt. <laughs> take, take away your bloat. <laughs> Here's some gas, exercises. Yeah, yeah. yeah. take away <laughs> your bloat. Trim that sucker down. Yeah. Um, but but when it comes to life, everybody is striving to show the best of what they have in terms of the blessing that God has for them in their mind, right? We've talked about this before, the whole health and wealth gospel-styled faith, where if I am not being blessed financially, if I'm not being blessed with all these really nice things, well, therefore, then God's not really blessing me. Mm -hmm. But when you look at the stories, and we'll talk about them here in a minute, sometimes God works in the beauty, and sometimes he works in the ugliness. Mm-hmm. you know, and that's going to kind of be one of our uh, points we're going to talk about today is just the fact that when it comes to the insurmountable odds, right, and the 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 things we go up against that are very, very difficult to beat, we have a a, a God who can defeat those things, mm-hmm. you know, he is able to, to, to win those things, but a lot of times we don't want him to win the ugly ones, right, we want it to be all beauty, we want it to be, and look at how much I grew in the last, you know, new, new year, new me, you know, and, and and those kinds of things. And and I, I I think one of the things we need to realize as we make our way through the, this uh, podcast today and make, make your way through your day-to-day, sometimes God's working in some ugly situations and that's okay, you know? It's okay to be ugly. I was thinking about when you were talking, uh, one one uh, Wednesday night when I was in my internship, my, my mentor, his name's Tom Sanalinas from Mountain View Christian Church, he was the youth pastor at the time, and he did something very similar to you did yesterday. You know, you got up on the baptistry and you're like, somebody here needs to get baptized, you know, and which is always kind of a little bit scary because you're not sure if anybody's going to respond. It's kind of like whenever you have like an open mic, you're like, who's going yeah. to say anything, you know?
1: <laughs> it's not so much who, it's like, how long are they going to say? Right. And what you're, are they going to say? Uh-huh. It's exactly. always a question mark.
0: So he got, anyways, at this one youth group, he got up and he, he got the baptistry there and he's like, there are kids in this room, students in this room that need to be baptized. I don't know who it is but it's going to happen tonight. You need to get into this water. And it was like awkward, you know, for like the two minutes of silence that you sit up there. <laughs> First 30
2: minutes. Yeah. It was, a little awkward. <laughs> it was a
0: little awkward, but eventually people did respond. And and several of those kids or students, I should say at that point actually have now gone into ministry. Like I've, I've gotten wow. a chance to watch their lives and, you know, they gave up uh, hard things, but one of the coolest ones was this girl walked up there and she, she gave her life to the Lord and got baptized. Immediately after that, she called me and Tom outside. She's like, hey, I want to I show you something. And she pulled out of her uh, car this uh, glass apparatus <laughs> that was used for uh, partaking of hookah. <laughs> yes. Well. Worse. Worse than that. A little, some grass of, of styles. <laughs> and in the, in the back of the church parking lot, she just smashed that thing to the ground. And in these broken pieces, mm. you know, it's like there's beauty there right? It looks ugly to the outside world, but there is beauty inside of what God mm-hmm. is doing. And so, Ben, I just wanted to kind of dive into today, this kind of these insurmountable odds, these unbeatable opponents. You talked about three of them, right? Yes. The storm, the demoniac, and death, right, mm-hmm. when it comes to that. So when it comes to the unbeatable opponent, where are we going with that?
1: Yeah, just that uh, I think... What comes to my mind, at least, is the disciples ask a question during the storm, when Jesus calms the storm, and they say, Who, who is this that the wind and the waves obey him? And, and I think it's a, a really profound question, like, Who is Jesus? And people have come up with all different kinds of answers to that question. And, um, but I think the three stories show, when we ask the question, Who is Jesus? <clears throat> we talk about foes that humanity's never been able to beat. And then you have to come to the conclusion that, well, he's not just another human; he's something other. He's something different. Something, something divine has touched our planet, because nobody can do, nobody can overcome and defeat the things that we've never been able to overcome, and Jesus did. And I think that's that story. Those three stories in you know, it, together show that Jesus is not just a man, um, and so. Um, yeah, that's kind of the direction I took it, but, um, I, I know there's other directions you could take it, but yeah. Um,
0: so in your life, you were talking about how your brother, right? Yeah. It, it always dominated you at basketball at all times. Now he's getting older.
1: <laughs> yes. Can you, I, can you I dominate don't know if, him? I, I don't know if I have a chance now. <laughs> uh, actually, the truth is those were mostly for our younger years. Once we got I got into high school and I actually started playing competitive ball. Um, the truth comes out. Then, then I, 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 I could. I could hold my own then, but, did uh, you? but do you remember actually beating him
0: at some point?
1: Uh, I don't, I don't think he wanted to play me after that.
0: <laughs> Funny <laughs> how that works. Yeah. So were, were you, uh, you're uh, the youngest Isaac in your family, was there times where your older siblings were just like dominating
2: you? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I remember the first time I was like 13, probably my brother's five years older than me. And I finally got him in a headlock, like one where he had to tap out. Really? Yeah. And, um, it was the scariest moment of my entire life because I, I realized in that moment, A, I finally like did something that got my brother pinned and he'd always done it to me. So it was awesome. But then I realized <laughs> in that moment, like he's going to tap out, but that doesn't mean he's not going to try to kill me as soon as I let him go. <laughs> right. And so I was like, so man, you just run? I can't let go of him because so by the time he was purple in the face, face and he'd pretty much stopped moving, then I ran, <laughs> stopped swarming. I ran and he followed me a very long ways and he was at MU, uh, Montana University uh, University of Montana, run, long tan, Wow, long distance runner. And uh, so uh, I did get him in a headlock, but then he proceeded to catch me and then bad things occurred after that. But <laughs> I do remember the very first time I had him tap out. So it was awesome for about one minute.
1: Uh, wow. I got a story about that. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time I ever outran my brother. Because you were talking about uh-huh. that. So he, he got, we got in an argument, uh-huh. got in an altercation and I was like, okay, I'm getting out of here because he's going to, he's going to, me to the ground and, um, you know, yeah. beat on me for a while. And so I take off running and, uh, I'm running and usually he just catches me quick, you know, cause he yeah. was a lot taller and older than I was and stuff. And so I take off running and, uh, and I'm in, I'm in a pair of tennis shoes, like running shoes. And there's about, there's about maybe four inches of crusty snow on the ground <laughs> and he's chasing after me, but he's wearing his barn mucking boots <laughs> <laughs> yes, and he's chasing me, and I'm just I'm just flying across the snow in a pair of running shoes, and my they're getting soaked, but I'm like I don't care, I'm I'm running for my life right now, and so <laughs> so I can hear him behind me, crunch, and I can, and the longer he the longer he ran, the more frustrated he got, and I realized he ain't gonna catch me, he cannot catch me because of the boots he's wearing, and he's trying to run in snow with these slick bottom mucking boots, and I can hear him galoshing on his feet behind me, and he's. <laughs> And there's like grunting sounds and like the full just and it was at that point it was both it was both effort and frustration that oh, he couldn't yeah. catch me and he knew it yeah. but he, he 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 does not give up and so he's still going hard after like a half a mile. Oh man. And I and I just started laughing cuz oh, yeah. I'm like I know Ague he can't catch me. <laughs> That was the first time I ever ran my brother. Wow. And, uh, wow, it was it was pretty, pretty fun. Satisfying. It was so satisfying. Yeah, so, see, I,
2: like Isaac it. didn't get that satisfaction. <laughs> yeah, I did for the headlock for about a minute, and then after
1: that, I was terrified. And <laughs> I know that. Wrath. I know that exact
0: yeah. feeling. <laughs> You're like I just gotta hold on. Yep. I remember the
1: last. I remember the last physical fight my brother and I got in. Um, we were uh, we were we we got into a shoving match, and I was probably. I was probably eighteen. Up, and, and, oh, wow. he, and he was twenty. That's like pretty. I mean, that's yeah. like adult oh, style. We we were mostly they were, we were, boys. We doofa, were mostly okay. horsing around. Yeah, but because um, you started pushing, and him. so we start we started he started pushing me or whatever, and so so we started getting in this wrestling match, and um, and by that point I was I'm I'm still shorter than him by three inches, but. Uh, but thicker. You but you'd put the guns on. I mean, no, I put the, the guns on you. Know, I've been working for Les Schwab and been lifting tires and, and whatever. All. Tires. And so, and so we we get in this altercation and we start wrestling, and um, I grabbed a hold of him and picked him up and carried him into the bathroom <laughs> and threw him in the bathtub and turned no. the shower on on him fully closed. No. <laughs>
0: you're like your parents house oh yeah yeah no way so he
1: he he never he never messed with me again after that that is incredible dude what did your mom was your mom yelling i don't think anybody was home actually i think it was just him and i just you two were just messing around yeah (laughs) manhandled i just so yeah he he didn't mess with me anymore after that so picked him uh, up uh, threw him in the shower I, i literally picked him up How'd you have time Put, to turn the water on? when he's Pushed like, him he's in like, the well. By the time he's in the bathtub, he can't do anything because he's on his back and he's okay. in a porcelain tub, you know. Slipville. And he's like in the tub, and I turned the water on and then pulled the little shower knob thing, and it just <laughs> psh, just just hosed him off, and he just he was he knew he was done. That calmed <laughs> that calmed him down. Here, <laughs> I'm like here, I'll cool you off. <laughs> I sure hope he listens in on this. And he's oh, like, that,
2: <laughs> that
0: is not <laughs> how that, <would> <laughs> that went
1: down. <laughs> I don't know what that has to do with our passage today, but it was pretty fun. Unbeatable. Unbeatable. There you go. So I did beat him eventually, you, you but not, not necessarily in basketball.
0: You put him physically into a storm is what yes. you, you did. Yes. So the first story that you dealt with was the, the storm. And one of the questions for our life groups this week is this idea of what storms has Jesus led you into? And that's a that's a hard question, I think, for a lot of people because they want they don't want to believe, right, that the storm is, is something that that Jesus is in control of, but he is. He's in control mm-hmm. of, of those things. And so when it comes to the storm, we we have to start looking at it. The fact that Jesus is either you said that a couple weeks ago, he's either a liar, a lunatic, crazy person, or he's God. Like those are the mm-hmm. only options when it comes to that. And if he can can solve the storm if he can calm the storm well then there's something grand about that and so in the storm story what do we see from the disciples there Ben
1: well they're 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 panic struck obviously um, Jesus is asleep which I think is kind of ironic you know but I think it shows us that he he's not um
2: I'll just tell you what you said because it was dang good. <laughs> He's only unconcerned because he's in control. There you go. He's that was good. That was a great line. He's only unconcerned. Say it again. He's only unconcerned because oh, he's, he's,
1: he's in control. Because yeah. he's in control. Yeah. Well, I think there's two ways to look at it, and that's a, that's an interesting point. Did Jesus lead them into the storm? And of course, the Bible's silent on this, so we don't have a definitive answer. Did Jesus lead them him into the storm, or was he just going on mission? He knew. He knew he was going to go and meet the gather, the the Garrison demoniac and um, and and maybe the enemy actually brought the storm um, because it, it it came on the lake suddenly and it if you look at the direction the wind would be blowing it would it, it wouldn't be a direct frontal wind but it would be from the side that would blow them the other direction off course so they could not go to um, to deliver this this Garrison demoniac mm-hmm. so um,
0: well, here's the thing that I that I, I was thinking about as I was studying it myself. A lot of times, the the trials, the struggles that we go through, they take place in areas where we like to boast, right? And these guys were hmm. experienced oh, fishermen, yeah. people who knew the the the, the Galilean lakes. <laughs> they mm-hmm. knew how they knew how to to get across. And now the storm is there, hmm. right? And this is their expertise. Hmm. That was not Jesus' expertise in right. terms of his like, you know, business and career path. And I think a lot of times when we find ourselves in the struggles in what we feel is our profession or our career or our expertise, it becomes even more of a struggle for us because we're like, I'm supposed to
2: mm-hmm.
0: I'm supposed to be good at this. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I don't know if there's ever been times in your guys' lives where we you're like, I, I know what I'm doing here and I'm still like messing this I'm whole still thing. Failing. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think that's one of the things that hits me is when the storm happens, you have to remove your own expertise. You have to remove your own skill and profession and say, this is in the hands of somebody else. Mm -hmm. And that's why I say, you know, maybe he didn't lead them into it. I'm not trying to like be, you know, a heretic here, but, but when it comes to this idea, I think that, uh, um, Jesus is in control of the entire environment because he knows that his disciples cannot be in control of it.
1: Or maybe if we're going with that, if we're going that Jesus led him into the storm, okay, so let's just go with that thought for a second. If Jesus led led them into the storm, then what was the purpose of it? Yeah. And I think if you're going to go that route, then then the application for us is Proverbs 3, 5 five and six, trust in the Lord with all your heart, don't lean on your own understanding. And these guys, this is their area of expertise and what they needed to come to was a place of humility and realize that even in their greatest area of expertise, they still need Jesus. You know, Jesus says in the vine and the branches, apart from me, you can do nothing. Well, most of us retranslate that and say, well, what he really means is you're, you're limited in what you can do. No, what he really means is you can do nothing. Like the only reason you can do anything is because... I've given you that ability. It comes from God. And so if we're going to go with that mm. interpretation, which I think is a great a great thought, that Jesus may have actually led them into the storm to teach them to lean on him, not on their own, not on their own abilities. So I yeah. think that works.
0: I mean, maybe it's an, it's an option, that's I think. That's an interesting, that, that, interesting that's take there. on it, yeah. Um,
1: Definitely not the direction I took it, but I think it's valid.
0: Yeah. Sure. So they come out of this storm, Isaac, and they go immediately over, and there's a naked man running down. <laughs> I <don't know> love <laughs> how you call him. Isaac me loves that one. the story.
1: <laughs> a biblical streaker. Yep. What, yeah. what happens in this story, this story here, Isaac? What is the,
0: what's, the, yeah, what's taking place here?
2: <laughs> oh, you just nailed it on the head, dude. Uh, buck naked guy comes screaming at the top of his lungs. Uh, towards the freshly landed boat on the seashore, lakeshore, and uh, and I just I love how Ben phrased it yesterday. Like they must have just been horrified, those <laughs> poor disciples. So, like we we made it through a storm, nearly lost our lives, and now there's a guy with like multiple sets of shackles broken on his wrists, running up to them, fully naked, screaming at the top of his lungs. And, uh, <laughs> I would want to get out of there, yeah, if I were them. So. My
0: parents live in in the Portland area, obviously, and I've talked about this before. But back to Portland. W- one time, my mom was uh, she they have this big like picture window. And she was like sitting in her chair and she was reading, and all of a sudden, this guy was walking, buck naked in just socks down <laughs> down, down
2: down the street.
0: No, no, no answer.
1: No reason why. Just there. in <laughs> Socks. Why socks? <did laughs> why I just lose all of it? He you just know? had some tube socks on and he was just.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Better than one tube sock. <laughs> yeah,
0: just walking down the middle of the street. Unbelievable. That. Luckily, that doesn't happen here in Lapine. We're 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 very fortunate. Well, not yet. Maybe maybe someday. Um, So the 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 demoniac comes running down the hill, and there's an interesting uh, part of that scripture if you guys open up there, um, where Jesus it says that Jesus had uh, already been calling out. these, these demons inside him. Do you see that part? Yeah. Um, and, and I, 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 was a little bit confused about that when I was reading it on my own. I think it's basically like kind of a, a literary device that he he's, he's calling back, hearkening back to what took place there. But do you see what, I, what I'm saying there where he basically, Jesus was already calling the demon out when the demon asked him who he is.
1: Hmm. Yeah, for sure. No, I, 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 I get that. It's, it's kind of a little bit of a convoluted way to tell the story. Um, because instead of talking about Jesus already beginning to perform an exorcism, which I think is partly why the 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 demons are are begging him not to torture them, is because Jesus had commanded the impure spirit verse twenty nine to come out of the man um, already and um, and I don't know if uh, the demons had come to physically assault Jesus. <clears throat> um, uh, maybe Jesus had, cast the demon out from a demons out from a distance and the man came running towards Jesus um to get away from the demons or I don't know what I don't know quite what there's a lot that we obviously can't know. But. Yeah, just
0: the way it's stated there in verse 29, for Jesus had commanded the impure spirits to come out of the man many times it had seized him. And it's kind of just a weird way of, of stating it, yeah. like almost as if Jesus and this man had had an interchange before. I don't think that's what's happening here. I, I think this is more of the fact that you're saying that...
1: I think it all kind of happens simultaneously, but I think um, the demon's response is a response to Jesus' command to come out of the man. Yeah. Um, so, But yeah, that still is you know, naked dude running at you, and it's like, okay.
2: It also says in 29, for he had commanded the unclean spirit, singular, to come out of the man, and maybe uh, Jesus uh, didn't know that there was a legion of them in there, Um, and so if he commands one to leave, maybe there's 5,999 left. Um, Mm -hmm. So he needed to know that there was a bunch more than one in there.
0: Yeah. And so at, in this moment, Jesus is then has this conversation back and forth. And you talked about during the, the storm situation that there's the question of who is this man?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then right in verse 30, uh, Jesus and this man have this interchange and the the legion knows who Jesus is. Right. right. And there's this kind of this dichotomy of these two. The disciples should have known. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And they don't. Or, or at least they're questioning it. There's mm-hmm. doubt that's mm-hmm. there. And this, this demon knows who Jesus is. And, and it's very, very clear that the power that is there. And so when we look at how, uh, I guess this might be a big question, so don't, don't take it as a huge question. But when we look at, at like the demonicness of our society and our world, like it recognizes the power of God. And we need to realize that we have that same power as well. And that that sometimes I think we doubt the power that God has. The enemy's not is not unaware mm. of that power. It it knows it full mm-hmm. well. And so Jesus and this, this demon have this this conversation. And what why do you think he sends him into the pigs there, Isaac? Mm. I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like, why is it, almost like grace? Why is grace given in this situation?
2: Mm. I'm not sure. I have an answer for that. It's always been kind of a I've, when I read the text, I'm like, man, that just seems kind of like. Random, right? I mean, it almost seems like they need to be... If he's not going to send them back to the abyss, they need to be embodied somewhere, kind of, so to speak. And, like, why not, as kind of a backhanded Jewish victory kind of a thing, like have them embody the unclean animals? Um, But I'd be interested in what you think on that, Ben. Oh, boy.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know if we can know why the pigs. Mm -hmm. Um, Other than there's a whole herd of them, and there's a whole bunch of demons in this guy, and they're looking... Bodies, and they're looking for permission to inhabit something. I, I, and we're getting into demonology here, and that's that's a, that's obviously a very deep subject. That we uh, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of fanciful ideas about, and there's also a lot of uh, different views on. But mm-hmm. uh, one of the possible theories here is that demons are disembodied. And they're looking for they they want to inhabit a body um and so uh for whatever reason we're not sure why they 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 want a physical body as if they maybe had a physical body at one time and they want to be Mm -hmm. re-embodied which some would say that's why they want to inhabit people or they want to um they want to be inside of a body even if that's a um an animal, you know, they want some kind of body, hmm. and so uh, it is possible that um, the pigs were just the best alternative that was close by, and Jesus. The other alternative would be for Jesus to. I don't. I don't know what happens to um, disembodied demons when they're cast out, other than they. Jesus says they go through arid places, desert places, is kind of the idea, looking for. Um, basically kind of a new host, hmm. a new host body. And he says when they can't find a new host, and I don't know what that means. Does that mean that everybody that can be taken up is taken up? I don't, I don't quite know what this looks like in the spiritual realm, but they can't find a body. So they go back to the previous one that they were in. Hmm. And they bring seven spirits that are more wicked than themselves. And they they live there. And then Jesus says then the second the second circumstance is worse than the first. So, I don't know why the pigs. Um, I do think Isaac's onto something with a backhanded way, kind of, um, where Jesus frees this guy. There's no indication this guy's Jewish, um, but demons are often called unclean spirits, mm. and uh, uh, what better place for an unclean spirit than in an unclean animal? Mm. And so it's almost as if Jesus is saying, um, "You don't get. You don't get my. You don't get my creation. My." You don't get the people I created for my glory and my joy. Um, You get the unclean. That's where you get to go. Mm.
0: Right, because this area uh, was known as the Decapolis. There was a ton of Gentile people that lived there. This man could have been a Gentile. And Gentiles would have eaten or at least held pigs as a a, a farm animal. But a good Jewish Orthodox person would never have done that. They would never have had pigs inside of their... Like, stables, I guess I should say. I think
1: there's symbolism here. There's the symbolism of the pigs being an unclean animal. And I think there's a symbolism where the pigs rush down the bank and drown themselves in the lake. And I almost think Jesus is saying that what the enemy has tried to do to this man um, is going to backfire. It's going to happen to him. Because I don't know that the demons actually caused the pigs to run down the, the... the steep mm-hmm. bank. It mm-hmm. was almost as if Jesus <laughs> was saying, "All right, go in those pigs. Let's see what happens to you." Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I don't. I there's there's question as to who caused the pigs or what caused the pigs to run down and drown themselves. Did in they the end lake. up
2: going to the abyss, anyways? Exactly. Abyss, that's the question. Meaning, um, bottom of, archaically of the archaically <laughs> a bottom of a deep map, deep water kind yeah, of thing. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. <clears throat> so, yeah, it is also the the abyss in scripture is also called the bottomless pit. Uh, It's a holding cell of sorts, uh, a very unpleasant one, apparently. The demons did not want to go there. Um, And so, uh, yeah, I I don't know. That's very interesting. I mean, there's a lot we don't know. I think it's interesting
2: to even bring this up in our world today because people in their uh, enlightenment, naturalistic, no spiritual, nothing divine minds might find that to be a really strange idea, that there's legitimate dark spirits that seek to possess us. And on top of that, we maybe don't see things as obviously as the ancient people did, see demons as obviously as they did, or even as obviously maybe as um, third world country, people in third world countries seem today. We oftentimes hear missionaries come over here and they're like, oh, we see dark demonic stuff all the time over, you know, Africa, wherever we're at. But you know, here it's dressed differently. So what do you guys think? Is that, is this still as common today as it was then? And if it is, what are some trademarks of that kind of darkness in our world today?
0: Yeah. That's a really good question because I mean, I, I went, when I went to Haiti, we, uh, we were driving down this road in in Haiti and, uh, there was a bridge that we came to and I was a bridge in a very light (laughs) terms. It was, I think it was tires. And then they had like something over the top of it. But it was this bridge and uh they're like, we can't go over there. And this is the missionary that was talking to us. And we're like, we're like, why? And he's like, well, see that guy right there? He's a voodoo like uh doctor, basically. And he's Which doctor. Which doctor? And he's he's sitting there on the bridge and he's kind of controlling that area. And we're like, whoa. Like that was like the first time that I'd ever like kind of seen or anything or heard anything like that. And and I wonder that question of like, why is there um I guess, more connection, I don't know the right word, to uh, the spiritual realm, I guess, when it comes to darkness in these areas where it's like a constant battlefield. And why has the Western world, um, us included and other parts of Europe and all this thing, why does it seem like that has been uh, devolved from that? I, I i don't know. I don't know the answer. And Ben, maybe you know better, way better than us. You're wiser than us. But it seems like there's not as much of a reckoning. Because people will say all the time, well, you know, just like... Uh, satan's in my computer today and i just can't get it out you know or whatever that may be and it's like that's not like demon possession like Mm -hmm. demon possession is something where there is darkness that is taken over and a person has kind of given themselves over to that too as well Mm -hmm. and yeah missionaries talk about this all the time that there is a, a spirit that has to be broken inside mm-hmm. inside of uh, a person and inside of a spirit that, that's there. Um, what do you think about that, Ben? I mean, I, I don't want to try to get too dark here today, but...
1: Yeah, I don't think... Uh, there's so much we don't know, really. There, there's a lot we don't know. I think if I had to make a, my best guess, this is, again, this is just a guess as far as why Western countries don't see as much of this, I think it's partly because we rationalize. Um, we, we we rationalize and we m- medicinize um, every um, every mental illness and every emotional illness. And I think that the enemy tries to hide behind that. So we'll often, um, it's always a very, uh, confusing mixture. It's often a very confusing mixture between mental illness and, um, and demonization. And so those two things, um, tend to go hand in hand. Um, and so, uh, there's not a clear demarcation. There's not like a clear line necessarily between those two things, and we tend to try to treat all those things with medication when I think some of it truly is a spiritual issue. Um, uh, now, I'm not necessarily the most discerning person to sit there and say, well, it's in these cases it's this, and in those cases it's that. It's something else. But I think that's part part of it. I think it's because we we rationalize. I think the other part of it is that in third-world countries... Um a lot of those people live under um they live under oppression all the time. And so they're they're truly a powerless people. Where in America we have we have individual rights and we have human rights. A lot of those other countries they don't have that. And so I think people are drawn to power. And there is mm. power in darkness. Um like the voodoo witch doctor you talked about or like a tribal um, witch doctor in Africa and those sorts of things. And people get drawn into that. And I think to some degree, that's true here too. People are allure, the lure of the power and the mystical. Um, but over there, it promises power to powerless people. And um, and I think that's part of the opening ourselves up to that is that we're so desperate for um, feeling, a feeling of... of um, of authority and power. That's really interesting. Um I I do think that that has something to do with it. And me. and they're not they're not enlightened. They're not in we we are post-rationalism, right? I mean that's that's where we live. They're, a lot of those people in those countries are not so much. They still are very much um they don't think that the mystical is crazy. <laughs> they they absolutely believe in it where we have kind of relegated that to you know, fairy tale books and, and religion. So
2: it reminds me kind of, of this craze going around. You guys have probably heard of it. Lucky girl syndrome or manifesting where um, people believe positive affirmation, things like that. But it's kind of this thing that started with celebrities where they're like, yeah, you just say what you want and then you'll get it. Like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to manifest this Tesla next year or manifest this, this, uh, this raise or whatever it's going to be. And it's kind of this taking, it's abstracting the power of God, to basically benefit yourself without mm. any kind of relationship or covenant with that god. And um I think Satan loves that kind of stuff because he he loves to offer us this is what you part of what you said yesterday. He loves to offer us power that initially promises freedom for us. Mm-hmm. But those very things become bond, bond bondage makers basically. Ah. And um I had a conversation with our students about this idea of manifestation in one of our grow groups because it's such a a trending thing, like multiple millions and millions of views on TikTok for this manifesting idea. And if you're hanging around the schools at, for any length of time, you'll hear people say they're going to manifest Doritos for lunch or whatever it's going to be. And,
1: <laughs> hey, and it's I, like I it's, it's, it's just about. such a
2: common thing. But I actually think that they're leveraging dark power to do that because I I think to a degree, I think it works because that basically teaches us that we don't need to be in a covenant relationship with God if we can just manipulate Him to give us what we want. And mm. Satan would love to make people believe that and get us out of relationship with God in that way.
0: Well, and again, it comes back to then we're striving to put ourselves into the authority of, of power, right? Yeah. Just like in the storm. It's the old Adam and Eve thing too, actually. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And in and, and the storm, these people who should have had power and boasting over the water because they were used to it, they were in the boat, they, they were fishermen, Jesus had the power over that. Mm-hmm. When it comes to these things that maybe in the Western world, like you're saying, striving to manifest uh, our own desires, our own wants, um, because that is going to then control our own life, we're not taking that power again. Mm-hmm. And your sermon uh, points, Ben, were, were very applicable here is Jesus is Lord over the earth storm. Mm-hmm. Jesus is Lord over the darkness and Jesus is lord over death mm-hmm. when you realize that that Jesus is over the top of those things he is the supreme authority yeah. over that. And we ha- don't have the authority inside of that space, but we think that we can. And that's that's that intrigue. That's that temptation that Satan will give uh, in lots of different areas that comes to addiction. Like, oh, this will give you freedom. This will mm-hmm. make you feel better. This will make you... And, and, what's and happening, it enslaves you. And it enslaves mm-hmm. you, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and in our world today, maybe that's in connection to, with things like mental illness, so like this is going to make you better. This is going to... And, and just follow this path or whatever that looks oh, yeah. like. And that's going to bring you freedom. And it's like, no, it's yeah. starting to chain you. It's starting to, to bring you into a place of darkness. Now, one thing that I want to make sure we're careful of is we're not saying that Satan's around every single corner. And <laughs> you know, some people say, well, you've, you're, you, oh, you cracked a tiny window. You know, you cracked mm-hmm. that tiny window. And it's like, Chill out, relax. Mm-hmm. Like, not every single thing that has uh, darkness to it is going to then envelop you with a demon, and then you're just going to like go running naked down the road. It's not. That's not how it how it works. It, it it's it's a progression of giving yourself authority over God, mm-hmm. right? And you basically putting yourself mm-hmm. on that 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 seat of authority that puts you ahead of what. God wants All to do. three
2: of the temptations that Jesus uh, faced in from Satan while he was in the desert, are all. they are all kinds of opportunities for Jesus to take authority over God. I'm going to create my own bread to provide for myself. I'm going to create my own reputation or fame with the people. I'm going to create my own dominion in this world. And mm. um, that's what Satan loves to play on, is that ability to give us authority over things. And the difficult thing about the Christian way is that Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. And that requires a readiness to die. It requires at a moment's notice to be willing to not only carry a cross, but to take it to Golgotha and die on it. And um, the recipe of a quick silver bullet success that Satan offers, just like he offered in the Garden of Gethsemane, is a very alluring option. Mm -hmm. Um, But Jesus promises a better life through the way of the cross. And so that's the difficulty is committing to that
1: way. I got a question for you guys. Do you know of anywhere prior to Jesus? So prior to Jesus showing up, do you know anywhere in the Bible where somebody actually cast out a demon? Hmm. That's a great question. I mean, in, I can't in the Old Testament. I can't are there think, any think exorcisms of that are performed,
2: other than when David would play. And the evil spirit would leave Saul, but that doesn't seem to be an intentional casting out.
1: No. There's a relief, but not a total release in that case. Hmm. So that was the one I thought of. I'm not aware of any other... Exorcism that takes place prior to Jesus that's recorded in the Bible. I'm not saying they didn't happen or that witch doctors and so forth didn't try, because we know at Ephesus they had magic books and incantations and so forth to try to deal with that sort of stuff. But I don't know of a single exorcism that takes place in the Bible. What about the story of like
0: Nebuchadnezzar when he like goes crazy and is like eating grass like a
2: it's not
1: attributed to it's not attributed to the demonic. Hmm. It says he went insane. Okay. Um, I mean, now th- that doesn't mean it couldn't have been, but...
2: And he's not freed from he's his human mediator. Correct. Either. correct. It's, uh, it's, he regains his rationality, basically. And so,
1: so if you can't think of any, and I can't think of any, I'm not saying there isn't, but I don't, I'm not aware of any. And it, it brings up an interesting thought because we think of exorcism as just kind of something that's kind of always been around because we've... Um, it's been Hollywoodized, really, to be well, honest. Well, it's been Hollywoodized a little bit, but we've also heard about it in churches. and well, there's that movie maybe that's like, right now, like the Exorcism. It, so. it's like. Hmm. But my thought was, that makes this story that much more incredible. I think this is one of the things that makes Jesus um, unlike any other rabbi in Jewish history. Now, I, I'd have to do some extra biblical research and look at what did the rabbis do about this kind of stuff, but boy, when the disciples come back from their their um, their mission and they say to Jesus, they're rejoicing, saying even the demons are subject to us in your name. And I I don't think this is something anybody had ever experienced before.
2: Um, well, what this is too is it's it's more than just showing that Jesus is a divine Son of God. It's also showing that the kingdom has broken into this world. Yes, and absolutely. These three things are specifically traits of what the 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 future kingdom will be like once it fully breaks into this world when Jesus comes back and yes. takes us to be with him or whatever the case may be. But these are like, nobody had ever had been freed of their demon possession, potentially, like, or at least in the Bible before this, this is a clear sign that Jesus is bringing a new reality, a heavenly reality here yes. that um, is proving that he is the Messiah. Now, Necess- he didn't necessarily mean that there was never going to be demon possession again, as if the kingdom was already Correct. here, but he does give us a sign that uh, nature and darkness and death is going to be arrested by um, mm-hmm. by this kingdom. Amen, yeah, amen. <clears throat> yeah, wow. powerful stuff.
0: Well, so that makes me question, Then, so then do you think that throughout the rest of, I guess, early Jewish history, then they just kind of just made it feel like it was a normal thing? I mean, we see the demoniac, he's now been ostracized, He's been chained. They've done everything they can to like get out of our world, um, but they just kind of accepted it as a reality. And now Jesus is changing that reality. Like mm-hmm. this person can now be restored. And you can. And you said this on Sunday, you could imagine how the people took that mm-hmm. in the garrisons. And there's a, wait a second, there he is. Yeah. And he's in his right mind. He's clothed. And he's preaching about what God has done did, done for him. That reality has completely been shifted from right. what our reality was. That this, that's his like um, entire existence. That is what he's going to be from that point on. I mean, do you think that's the case? That maybe it just become it just become regular common sense that that that's what their life was going to be like.
1: Yeah, I think they were like lepers. Mm-hmm. There was no fix for them, mm-hmm. and you know, so it was what it was. And I don't know that. Again, I have to go back and do a little more research on this, but I don't. I know people have tried, um, and and I think there's ancient incantations and so forth that we have uncovered and things like that through archaeology. Um, there might be some historical records outside the Bible on that, but I think it's telling that there's nowhere in the Old Testament that I'm aware of where a demon gets actually exorcised. Wow. Um, Interesting. But anyhow, that's that, that's incredible. Well, we, we
0: need to do more research on this. So if you're listening right now and you're like, Ben, you are completely wrong. Hey, <laughs> I have been wrong
1: once before. We'd
0: love to hear it um, <laughs> because that that was something that, yeah, we have not. We can't bring it to mind right now as we're sitting around this table here this morning. A um, couple of other things. Uh, member of the week. Member of the week, somebody we just want to kind of do a quick shout out to. I want to shout out Dave Lawrence. I mean, he stepped up big this weekend. He uh, helped me out in the he ran the slides and they were right on on cue every single time. He ran Ben's slides for the sermon. We had we had kind of the mass exodus of like my my team or the tech team. They were all traveling and there was a wedding that was happening and so guy like that stepping up. And he's the guy that is over the, in charge of the Ponderosa pizza. One of them who's in charge of the Ponderosa pizza men's breakfast. that happens every first uh, Saturday of the month. And so thank you so much, Dave. Appreciate you. You, You've been such an encouragement uh, uh, to us and and, and giving us that, that extra hand around here in the office. Thank you so much. I know you're listening in.
1: Super tech savvy, dude. Yeah. Very tech savvy. Very helpful to have those kind of people that can step in. We need them. We
0: need them because Ben, Ben cannot uh, do the tech savviness. That's for sure. Um, next week, Ben, where we, oh, do you have something on Isaac? Isaac's found something on his computer here.
2: Okay. So there's only one example, but it's in the book of Tobit, which is Catholic Bible, not our Bible. Gotcha. Raphael casts out somebody, uh, demon out of some person. And then, um, there is another <laughs> one, uh, basically he mentions first Samuel 16 where King Saul's tormented, but that's not, it's we already agree. I don't that's think that's the really a true exorcism. So, yeah. Other than Tobit, which um, for whatever... That's in the Apocrypha. Reasons, that's in the Apocrypha. Yeah. So in our in our Old Testament, as far as we know. Interesting. But correct mm. us if we're wrong. But the interesting thing is, is, like evidence. even
1: with these great prophets like Elijah, Elisha, yeah. we don't see that happening. Right. It's almost as if until Jesus came, humanity did not have authority over darkness. Yeah. Um, which is uh, very telling, mm-hmm. very interesting. I'm not saying... I think humanity could manipulate darkness... Um, and certainly we know we can be manipulated by darkness, but I think that's where all of the, you know, Eastern, uh, well, who know, was the
2: guy in the book of Acts, the Simon, the mad, uh, Simon, the magician, magician. Did he try throwing Jesus's name into one of his exorcism incantations? I can't remember where, but like, they would just try to like add Jesus to the list of names basically to like give more power and credence to the exorcism. So people obviously had Had been trying trying, and they would just, you know, take Jesus as a little rabbit foot name Mm -hmm. in their incantations. But
1: yeah, seven sons of Sceva sort of deal. Yeah.
2: Boys. Yeah. Well, Well, yeah. So if you, if you hear this today and you're
0: like, I know one, feel free to hit us up, call us, text us. Uh, We don't have like a web website for the podcast, Mm -hmm. but you can rebuke us, yeah, and say, "Hey, this is what the that happened where there was a demon that was called out." But, um, but here's the thing that we want to end with. We don't want to end too dark here. Jesus is Lord over all, mm-hmm. and and yeah. that's the thing that we we heard from uh, Ben this last Sunday. He's the Lord over the storm. He's the Lord over darkness, and He's the Lord over death. And we can have confidence in that. And we sit on this side of the cross that that He conquered death mm-hmm. and, and and brought us new life. And that's where we have have hope today. So don't don't be hearing this like, oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna get attacked this week. The Lord's with you, Mm -hmm. and and he's going to lean into him, uh, sit in his presence this week, spend time in prayer, focus in on on who God is in your life um, this week. Where are we going next week here real fast, Ben? Just give us a quick little uh, tidbits of what's going to happen next.
1: Sending out of the twelve. Yeah, feeding the 5,000. Woo Overheaded. Nice.
0: Everyone yeah. gets a sandwich this week. So, <laughs> <laughs> manna from meal. heaven. Mana We're not manifesting that. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, hope you had a great week. We'll, we'll talk to you later this week. Hope that guys continue continued to bless you. And if you have questions or concerns, feel free to reach out to us. Have a great week.